The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and one of our most interesting shows that we do and it's because of our host who happens to be not only a dentist but an MD, an oral surgeon I might add, and a medical doctor. He just couldn't get enough of that medicine so he kept going back. I'm I'm wait, waiting to hear that he's gone to vet school next. But we'll just have to wait on that, I guess. Anyway, you're listening to America's Web Radio and a veteran's place. And we hope to make and continue to make America's Web Radio the veteran's place. And we appreciate all the veterans that listen to the show and listen to our other shows that are directed towards veterans. And we're, our numbers are increasing all the time. With our love for veterans, I'm a veteran, Dr. Moeller's a veteran, and uh, we do something every time we do a show that has to do with veterans or with first responders, and that is to start the show, we take a moment of silent prayer to thank God for our our veterans and our first responders. So we'll do that right now. back on a veteran's place and we do one other thing for some reason a doctor likes to hear a heartbeat and uh, the best way we've found to get those hearts beating and beating properly is with a cadence call from out of the past we have a cadence call so we'll listen to that for a few seconds and you can you know I can't think of a veteran that's going to listen to the cadence call that or Jody, that uh, it won't be, bring back some kind of memory. Hopefully, it'll be a good one, and we'll be back right after this. Hey, I feel all right now. Hey, I feel all right now. Do you feel like I do right now? Do you feel like I do right now? Motivated, motivated, sky high, sky high. rock steady, rock steady. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I can do. It. Okay, we're back, and we've got our host, Dr. Don Moeller, on the radio and on uh, the line with us. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Dave. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. It's uh, This is the day, and um, we're going to have a good day here in uh, Roswell, Georgia, and... Um, Glad to have you with us, and you've got, uh, I think, a, a, we're, normally we talk about PTSD, but I think you've got a new twist or a little bit of a different twist for today's show. Yeah, yeah, Dave, I do, and it, it's kind of interesting, he's going to find this pretty phenomenal, the uh, Captain Taylor, uh, who got the awarded the Medal of Honor, uh, I guess it was Tuesday, by President Biden. Uh, you're not going to believe this. I met that gentleman 20 years ago in an airport, and I was uh, walking by, and I saw an older gentleman with a calf hat on, with armor insignia, a set of flight wings, <laughs> and an Army Ranger tab. <laughs> and I looked, and I said, I'm a Vietnam vet and retired. Do you mind if I sit down here? We sit, sat next to him. And I said, I'm dying to find out how Rangers drive tanks and fly airplanes. <laughs> and he said, I'm not a Ranger. I'm an honorary Ranger. And I said, buddy, I, 
I have been in the military for 20 years, and I said, I've never heard of an honorary ranger. And he told me the story, and I've not, I, I didn't forget it, And because he's an incredible individual. And when I saw his face uh, on the, the news, I didn't really recognize it, but I rem- remember the, the cab hat. And I thought, wait a minute. And then I read the story. Well, the first news story, I thought, they're missing some parts out of that. Well, finally, the whole story came out. And it's exactly the way he told it. And and the, and the point I'm going to make is two, two points. One, 60 years later, you get a Medal of Honor. Mm. I, I find that incomprehensible. Uh, I just... It, it's like a giant embarrassment. Uh, uh, Biden should have made an apology. And the second thing I find hard to believe is that I read some of the comments. This man, this hero, was in his Cobra. It carries two people, you know, the pilot and the gunner. I think the gunner's also a pilot, but I'm not sure. I think they're warrant, warrant officers in Vietnam. At any rate... He was told by his commander, do not go in after those men. And he did. And one of the commenters said, you know, he violated a direct order and endangered the crew of what? The other guy who probably agreed to it and loss of an aircraft. And that's the difference between the people that push papers in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, and the heroes that do it. And I heard this story right from him in the airport. He said, I didn't give a DAMN about his orders. See, that's where we talked about the moral imperative and PTSD. The quandary where your, your superior officers give you contradictory uh, information and orders that make you violate the code and the culture of the military on one end of the spectrum. And on the other end of the spectrum, you go, wait a minute, this guy's a hero. And, And what was the quandary? He was given a direct order not to go in. And his conscience, his soul, his spirit said, it's my privilege, it's my right to die trying to help those men and his co-pilot. It was their right to do it. And I think the reason that he didn't initially get the Medal of Honor was he <clears throat> he disobeyed an order. And and we could not have started this, started this program out with, with a better example of a moral injury. And you see from the private who doesn't get the Medal of Honor, has to do things that he was ordered by his command to do. He doesn't get a Medal of Honor. He has to just live with that every day, wondering if he made the right decision. And so you can see right at the onset of this program, and we're going to diverge right now anyway, but here's a man who decided that his soul was worth more than... uh, obeying a direct order and having to live with the fact that he might have had a chance to save save his fellow soldiers. And, you know, that's the culture of the military, the culture of firemen, police, EMTs, nurses. We, we put the highest priority on life, and if it means we lose our own, that's a well. Dave, is that the kind of feeling you have? <clears throat> From your story, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't uh, look at myself in that light at all uh, as far as when I was an EMT. But, uh, you know, it's... uh, Where did I hear, and maybe you can correct me on this quote, uh, it's something like... Time and place make the heroes, and if you're not not presented, if you're not in the right place, 
and you're not re- presented with the right circumstance, then you'll never be able to show the the medal of honor material you are. And, you know, a lot of people go through life and uh, maybe, maybe they're bookkeepers and uh, nobody tries to hold up the store and they don't become a hero or, you know, whatever the circumstance. But, you know, you know... Yeah. You can't walk down the street and see individuals and say, well, there's a potential hero. Uh, That guy will never make a hero. There's another hero. That guy will never make it. And and so on and so forth. You know, it's just it's just like I don't know if you saw it, but this was just absolutely deplorable. They had it on uh, Fox the other day. This big guy beating up a 60-year-old grandmother and on the subway in New York, which, you know, as I live and breathe, I don't think I'll ever take a subway in New York. But here this guy, and there are people all around, and this guy's beating her with first her umbrella and then another rod of some sort. And nobody did anything. And there were people around that didn't even yell at him to stop, you know. He just kept beating away on her. And she was hospitalized. And um, I I honestly don't know what I would do in that situation. And it seems like the good guy that steps in, we had a situation like that not too long ago with a Marine that stepped in. And he turned out to be the villain instead of the good guy that stopped somebody else from doing bad. And Dave, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly where I was going next. Because in World War II, there were the bad guys. And within days after the attack at Pearl Harbor... The, the recruitment offices were jammed for, from, with Americans wanting to do the right thing. And you hit the nail on the head. In today's society, where you literally had a veteran stand up to somebody who was threatening somebody. In other words, you, you had a guy literally who was still basically considered on active duty protecting other Americans from a threat, and rather than say he's a hero, you got some cheap lawyer or prosecutor that wants to investigate and make this guy look like a bad guy. Like, what are you supposed to do? Wait till he stabs a couple people? And I think, how does this apply to what we're talking about? If you're considering you're a young person and you're considering joining the military exactly what are you fighting for now and and dave i think you you raised the question are you the good guy or the bad guy when you go hey i'm joining the military and you get some wax uh wackos let's say the whole word out there liberal wackos that don't even appreciate their freedom that are going to criticize you for making that decision so rather than, like in World War II, where you're standing up to defend your neighbor's freedom, well, now the, that Marine that stood up, it's it, it, what do you mean? It's equivocal. What, you know, we have to decide whether or not he did the right thing. It, at what point does somebody have the right to either not defend the helpless people or is he obligated and Dave, I think your point was uh, transitional. And so right now we're asking people, future veterans, to step up and join the military. Well, more than likely, that segment of the population who in the past would have joined the military is just standing back saying, I just don't know that it, I want to I sacrifice my life for people that don't appreciate it, and I, and I, and I want to extend that 
to the police departments and the firemen and the EMTs where they're they're just kind of saying, I, I think I'll just go, you know, work in a machine shop. D- Dave, did I make the connection there? Yes. And, you know, it's uh, it's a deplorable figure that less than 1% of the nation's populace join the military. And, you know, the statement they're making, in my opinion, is that, okay, sucker, you join the military, then this is your country and not mine. Because that's what they're saying. They're not willing to defend their own country, then they should give up their rights to that country. And uh, I think that's what what they're saying is that you're in the military, it's your country, you go do something about it. And by golly, the military folks I know, they would do it. With that note, we've got to take our first break. You're listening to A Veteran's Place on America's Web Radio with our host, Dr. Don Moeller. We'll be back right after this. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back on A Veteran's Place with Dr. Don Moeller and talking about, you know, I guess you've been faced with these decisions in the ER and and other situations, well, obviously in Vietnam. Do I cut here or do I cut there? And do I put the tourniquet around his neck or around his arm? And, you know, it, it's... And, until you really get faced, and and this is in my opinion, and I'm certainly not qualified to say this, but in my opinion, this is where you where you. And I know you don't catch PTSD, but this is where you catch PTSD is when you make that ultimate decision, and it and you're stuck with it the rest of your life. You don't realize it at, at the time, but it may pop up in two weeks or six months or 20 years. You live You're right. It. Dave, you, 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 you got the second point. And for the audience, we have not rehearsed this. But, Dave, you're exactly right. You are put into positions, the EMT, fire, police, and, and even that Marine on the, on the subway thought, I'm just going to work today. I want to be left alone. And he ends up doing the right thing and and regretting doing the right thing. And, and you nailed it again. When you join the police department and you're confronted on a daily basis with just the nasty aspect of humanity, and sooner or later you're going to have to make a crucial decision, you go, you know, I could just take the uniform off and go home and not have these problems. And the same with an EMT and a fireman and, and obviously a soldier. And that's what we're talking about, I think, when, you, when you're thinking about uh, joining the military or the police department. You're thinking, before I was doing the right thing, and people would be thanking me, and now you're, you're actually going into a sociology class at a liberal school and wondering if the professor is going to like your answer or flunk you. And it's become, wait a minute, a society that doesn't agree on the right thing to do is in trouble. And I think right now in this 
radio program, we're talking about underlying causes for the reason people are not joining the military. And, and, and also, it's probably coming down like in Austin, Texas. I don't think they're going to have a police department. Who needs to live with that? And uh, you just, you cannot let society decay from liberal attitudes. Well, well, look at Portland and Seattle and Philadelphia and Chicago and Austin, Texas. What is the right answer? Are you going to be a cop? And that's not meant disrespectfully, a police officer. And, and be confronted with people. Half of them are going to be jeering you, and the other half may be silent. Who needs a job like that? You know, a hero risks his life, and at least he deserves a backing of the overwhelming majority of the people in the country. And so now you're looking at service jobs, even nursing, where people are just saying, why am I doing this? Why am I undergoing all this stress? when there's an easier way, and definitely in the military, after the withdrawal <clears throat> from Afghanistan, you have to understand, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to understand that people that had so many deployments there, they missed they miss their family, they missed their kids growing up, and the thanks they got was when Biden decides to pull out. I mean, how do you account for the loss of all those years where the civilians who just took an eraser and said, too bad, we're pulling out. I mean, not only is the mission compromised, but the people that you're trying to get in to perform the missions in the future, you, you have left them wondering whether it's even worthwhile part of your life to do it. And you have to remember, people that join the military at 18 to 40 or 36, whatever, you know, you're, you're 18 to 38 to 40. Those are the most productive years of your life. When your friends who don't join the military, they're building their careers. They're ready for the management positions. And it almost doesn't matter in the military if you make, you know, sergeant major or major or whatever, and you leave after 20, you start again. And so these heroes have given the best part of their life, their career, their child-raising, to the military, and then when you see the politicians just decide to pull out, I mean, that's real hard to reconcile. And, and there were an increase in, in suicides in the military. And, Dave, I know you felt, even being in the reserves waiting to be deployed, it was stressful, right? Yes. Uh, and... It, it, <laughs> It sort of depended on your position, and the um, battalion that you happened to be in, or your MOS, which <laughs> my MOS was very deployable. Um, it was light arms infantry, and that described the uh, person in Vietnam, as you well know. And uh, so we never knew... And you can appreciate this, I'm sure you remember well, but, you know, if you want a rumor factory, all you have to do is go to a military unit, and you can hear every rumor going, and you'd get jacked up that, oh my God, we are going to deploy, oh, no. you know, it's going to be next week, it's going to be two months, it's going to be, we're going over here, we're going over there, and um, then then you'd be let down that you didn't go. And uh, then you'd see, I guess, I guess some of the worst times I had was when I came back from AIT, left Fort Ord and came back home. And in all of that as well were your buddies that you were going through basic and AIT with. And watching television and seeing how our troops were being treated when they came back from Vietnam. And uh, it was just, it was sickening. And you're right, you're thinking, 
what am I doing here? Why did I do this? And to think that our country would make fun of a veteran and call them all sorts of kinds of names. And I can't... I've asked some of my officer friends, and I'll ask you right now, do you know of any other military in the world that thinks more about the civilians when they're in country trying to protect them than the United States Army? And we were not baby killers. We were not going in slaughtering innocent people. Yes, we went into known communist villages, but it was it was not a slaughter effort, you know. And Dave, you're you're right, and I want to say we're getting a show right now from Russia, from Putin. On, on, on what the, what we were up against in Vietnam with the communists. Those people, the B word, I'm not gonna end, starts with a B and ends with a DS. Uh, that's what we were up against. And are there some Ukrainians that may have drawn fire and some innocent civilians were killed? Yeah, but that wasn't what the communists were doing. The communists, oh, I mean, our Russian friends, the communists, and the Chinese, too, remember, we fought them in Vietnam. They were slaughtering civilians. They targeted civilians. We never targeted civilians as a target. As a, as, as a, the, the, the Russians, and this is well known, are, are, look at what they're doing. They're, they're just leveling the country. Well, that's what we, your, your Vietnam soldiers were up against. When you walk into a village and and they're all, they all speak a language you don't understand, you can't spot the enemy, and they're infiltrating. How long do you hold your fire before you start to think? Wait a minute, they're a little bit too close. Well, if you wait too long, it's you that's going to die. And so we're getting an idea of why we went to Vietnam. You had to stop the communists, and so all the liber libers that want to second guess what what we did. Well, go ahead. Tell us how we're going to solve the Russian problem, because I guarantee you, if you give Putin what he wants, you don't think he's going to come back and ask for more? Oh, no, he's going to go to seminary. He, he's, he, he's going to teach philosophy in the, the Moscow University. Don't kid yourself. If you back down to a dictator, you're going to get exactly what Hitler did in Europe. And, and, and so your military, the soldiers that are in the military are keeping the Putins behind their own their own boundaries to keep them from taking what you have and they have no qualms about it, neither does China. I think we're starting to wake up to that fact. But you know, Dave, that brings up my next topic of discussion. Why do veterans and you can I'm curious about your opinion. Have you ever seen the American Legion or the VFW or the Iraqi vets hold a protest outside of VA and protest uh, not getting medical care? I've never seen it. No, I've but never they should. Seen, have you seen it? No. And uh, we're gonna. On that note, though, we're gonna have to take another break, and we'll be back in just a moment after this, and we'll talk about protests. We'll be right back. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? 
just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on A Veteran's Place with Dr. Don Muller, and he brought up a, an interesting question. Have I ever seen or have we ever seen veterans protest in front of the VA? Well, as we both know, they should, and they have been our veterans for what we have given or what the veterans have given are treated like somebody pulled a figure just just the other day, and I, I don't have that figure in mind, but the amount of money that's going to non-citizens that have broken into our country via the south border, they get more money and more benefits than our veterans do. Wait a second. There's something wrong with that picture. What have those people ever done for to help us? They're not keeping our country free. They're breaking into our country to get as much free stuff as they possibly can. Now, I feel for them from the standpoint that I'm a Christian and I, I believe in human rights and hate that they have had to live like they've lived, but that doesn't give them the right to break into our country and doesn't give our government the right to give them more than they're giving our own veterans that have fought for our country and defended our right throughout history. And it's a shame that we're letting that happen. And that's why we have a place for veterans. Well, I was told when I was, and I intend to get involved in some of this when the weather is better, but I was told by the, I'll say the American Legion, do not wear anything that says the American Legion on it, even though I'm a member, when you, if you decide to protest. Do not wear anything. Now, I, I found that very irritating to be told don't wear any of their identifiable garments or imply that the American Legion is behind us. And I'm sure the same would be for the VFW and the Iraqi veterans. And their answer is, you know, and I got, this was in writing, and, I, and if it's not true, just if you're meant have somebody from the American Legion call me uh, because they said, well, we are going to use negotiation methods to get things through Congress. Really? Well, let me ask you about the two million veterans that go to bed every night with nightmares, headaches. I've treated about six of them in the last week, in addition to my oral surgery job. What have you done for those people? You know, you've ignored that problem for 50, 60 years and haven't done anything about it. Uh, I'm calling I'm calling the American Legion or the VFW out. I mean, what have they done? Nothing. What have they done? Do you, do you know who the American Legion allowed to be installed or whatever that word for Secretary Madonna, Madonna, whatever his name is? Think about it. If you, if you got a, a bus driver and said, have you ever been to uh, held a medical professional license? You'd go, no. Okay. Have you ever been a hospital administrator in a huge hospital? You'd go, no. I said, have you ever done research and run a research lab? He'd go, no. And he said, have you ever been a veteran in combat? He goes, no. He said, well, you qualify to be the head of the VA. You'd think this is ridiculous. The head of the VA Look it up on Wikipedia. This guy was the chief of staff 
for Obama. And now, without any medical training at all, I, hopefully he's got a CPR card, <laughs> and so do a bunch of millions. A guy with absolutely no, he's never held a health profession's license to do anything. He's never done, and he's heading the world's largest organization that treats patients. He also heads the world's largest research organization. That's the VA, 3,642 scientists. He's never published a paper in research or clinical examination. I don't think he's published paper in anything. And he's heading the world's largest research organization. Except in the bathroom. That's about the only thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, and the other thing he hasn't done, he's, well, two things. He has never, ever had, has a history of having even headed up a clinic or been an administrator at a clap clinic. Okay. So this guy now is directing the largest health care provider in the world with no training. He's not a certified hospital administrator, and we're not done yet. He's not even a veteran, and he's definitely never been in combat. So this person is now heading up the VA. Now, how is he the best choice for 16 to 18 million veterans? How, how can he possibly be? Now, you know, it's kind of like that adage, fake it till you make it. Well, there are people, there are people in the VA with MD degrees and PhDs that are not heading the VA. So how, I just, no one has ever explained to me how some guy who's never done anything of the four requirements, not one, not even rated at any rate, to head the VA. How is he qualified? How did he get in there? And why are we amazed that the VA is, 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 is in the condition that it is? You know, you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, how did the veterans get because this loser? He can be a yes man or he is a yes man to the woke sucking people that are in the administration. And, you know, they don't give a damn. They don't give a damn about veterans. They don't give a damn about anybody except themselves. And he fits right into it. And um, Exactly. You know, if, if, if he were a man instead of a creep, he'd stand up and say, I'm not qualified for this position. I'm not a veteran. I have no medical experience. I have no experience in management of this caliber but he's not a man and most of the if people will take stop and take a look and for every veteran that's listening or friend of a veteran or family member of a veteran you look at this administration and look at the people that are supposedly working for us and serving us and they're nothing but a bunch of slackers that couldn't do anything else other than cash their government check every week. Well, couldn't. Dave, you're right, and I'll tell you, it gets worse because uh, you know I used to be a private in the army, so and I worked my way up to spec five. That's like a private E five, but any rate, well, when I retired as a lieutenant colonel, when I called the VA and say, you know. I'm doing research in PTSD. They hang up on you, effectively. They hang up on you. These people that don't do research, not, they don't have anybody. I said, hey, do you know you got this big glaring error? Well, get, now it's report card time. The Veterans Affairs was asked through my congressman's office, who happens to be a dentist, Congressman Ferguson, to define the difference between oral health dental health, and whole health. That was six weeks ago. How can, you, how can you have disability eligibility examinations and not even be able to define those terms? How, how can they do that? This is an official record. I dare the VA. So I said, hey, you know, that's libel, slander. I said, go ahead, take it to court. You can embarrass yourself. You can also embarrass yourself when I tell you. I said, emails to the director of research and development for the VA and ask, why don't you have any 
dentists at all out of 3,600 doing research on oral health care? No answer. I sent that as a VA inspector general complaint. That was two months ago. That was sent through a physician's office who is a congressman here, Congressman McCormick, who used to be a pilot, I think a Marine Corps pilot. So how can the VA not answer a congressman? I ask a simple question. What is your definition of oral health? Why, if you go to the VA dentistry site, you will see oral health is a part of whole health. Right there in black and white and green. Actually, it does have green in it. So there it is. It's an advertisement saying whole health is part of your, I mean, oral health is part of your whole health. And they have yet to give me a definition well, of oral health versus dental care. You know, Why is that? Don, I'm, I'm surprised that you haven't uh, brought this up and, and realized what's going on. They're following their commander-in-chief that fire... Fire in Maui? I have no comment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's what they've yeah. learned, all of these peons that work in the government. I have no comment. So if they just, they have learned one trick. You keep your mouth shut, and you can't get in trouble, so they think. Well, you need to add hiding, Dave. Don't answer your phone. And say, oh, we're due to, listen to their recording. Some of them still say, due to the, due to COVID, we have reduced staffing. Yeah, really. And, and we've got our mask on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if so, here's here's what the potential recruits for the military are when they give a medal of honor sixty years after the event to an 81-year-old man. What does that say about the military? I'll tell you what it says about it. Everything you heard is true. You get the... Next time you see the generals talking in uniform, count the awards that they got. Think about it. This, This Captain Taylor, 60 years later, this hero gets an award. But you look at these generals, and they have row after row after row. Oh, they didn't wait 60 years. Why, why doesn't Millie and Austin have to wait 60 years for their award? See, you can start to smell something it, it is not right. And they go, well, we have the rules and regulations. Sure you do. Yeah, we, we'd love to hear about them. But all we know is this hero who put his career, and I heard him say that in the airport. He said, I knew my career was going to be finished. And he did it anyway. I don't think, you know, Miley, Millie, whatever his name is. Where? He could have told Obama, I mean, uh, what's the difference, Obama or Biden, to shove it. We're not going to evacuate Afghanistan in this method this fast. We're not going to do it. But he didn't. Neither did Austin. So keep that in mind, that it takes the government 60 years to give a hero an award, but these other guys make sure they get their awards almost like Book a Month Club. You see, the people thinking about joining the military see this. They hear this program, the family members, about if you think you get good care at the, at the VA, go visit the VA, walk in there. Down here in Columbus... They've been advertising for a dentist for over a year. How can you get dental care from the VA with no dentist? I wrote the VA about it. Do you think they answered? No. That's a fact. You can go online and put jobs, dentist, Columbus, Georgia, and you'll see the VA job come up there. And the salary they offer? Nurses make more than what they're offering a VA dentist. And they wonder why they don't get any, and they blame it on not having enough dentists. You see how the skilled uh, managers of the VA work? Hmm. Oh, we we don't have any enough dentists to do research in oral health, so we just will ignore it. Well, uh, it's worse than ignoring it. 
because there's 70 research papers that support the fact that that soldiers, veterans, whatever, police, with PTSD, it is connected to your job, and they have oral health problems. The VA refuses to incorporate current research, current research peer-reviewed into the disability examinations. Now, how do I know it? Last week, six, six veterans were in my office. They never had a uh, disability exam that would have uh, qualified under modern science and meet the standards. You see what I'm saying? Well, it's uh, kind of like, oh, we don't have heart problems here because we, we don't have any EKG machines. Yeah. And we don't have any heart specialists. But it's like, yeah. I, like I said, it's easier to say no comment or, well, we can't handle that. We're going to take another, our final break on America's Web Radio and a veteran's place with our host, Dr. Don Moeller. We'll be back in just a moment. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on A Veteran's Place on America's Web Radio. And uh, this has been very interesting, and I hope we can, I hate to use the term, but I'd like to light a fire under some veterans that listen and let them know how bad. Now, I have a number of veteran friends that they do use the VA, and, oh, I've always had real good care. Well, obviously, you haven't had dental care or oral health care, but, you know, they they still go to their VA facility for medical care, uh, medical being going to an MD or going to their primary care physician and using the VA for that, for that purpose. But, you know... What's there? There's an old saying, and I'm trying to come up with it about you need the whole apple. You don't need half an apple, and you're not even getting a half an apple at the at the VA. And I guess the thing that really gets my grits is, and we've discussed it many times, the fact that a veteran, all veterans have raised their hand to give their ultimate sacrifice in a contract, and it is a contract, with the government. And the government says, okay, you do this, we'll do this. And only one side of that contract is performed, and that's by the veteran themselves. The government, just like the government says, we'll protect you from... All foreign and domestic. And they're not protecting us from at the borders. And this has gone down. I think the only president that we've had recently, Trump, that cared about protecting the United States. Biden and his bunch of $3 bill administration people they don't care about anything other than themselves and getting their check. Uh, 
hearing of a guy wearing a bra so he can get the feeling of nursing, that's that's beyond sick. And a, <laughs> and a guy that claims to be a military person that's never been in the military and making life-and-death decisions... That's sick. And a guy that cares more about another guy than he does his position, that's sick. And, you know, this this happens to be probably the world's worst administration, the worst that the United States has ever seen. And the people that are serving are a disgrace. Well, let me ask you this, Dave. You know, I don't understand where veterans have been trained to accept almost no oral health care. And they say, oh, that's okay. Don't, 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 don't worry about it. Huh? Wait a minute. <laughs> well, Wait a minute. Haven't you figured it Who out? Who told your, you that? You, haven't you figured out your teeth and your jaw and your mouth aren't part of your body? Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. It's an out of body experience. Yeah. I mean I mean I went up to the VA and I said I'm here for my oral health care. And they said, God bless them, they're just working. We don't have a dentist. And I said, I don't need dentistry, I need oral health care. They said, We're trying to hire a dentist. I said, I am a dentist. I know what dental care is. Oral health care is not dental care. Two different things. Stewards is not the same as a pilot. They both are on airplanes. They both can, you know, do certain tasks. They both wear a uniform, but they're not the same. And so the VA has worked overtime to not open Pandora's box. And Pandora's box is a can of worms, if another word for Pandora's box, because they figure once they have a nexus between PTSD and oral health, and there is a scientific nexus, I can assure you that, then they're going to actually have to give veterans care that affects something in the mouth, okay, and the jaw joints. Well, think about it. If PTSD affects the nervous system, the cardiovascular system, the endocrine system, the musculoskeletal system, what would make the VA think that it didn't affect jaw joint, and the jaw muscles. Go figure. Now, see, that's what you get when the head of the VA probably has taken one biology course, if that. And who knows, he may have taken the option of taking astronomy or geology to get out of his program. So you've got a guy running the VA who doesn't even understand that the jaws have a nerve or part of the central nervous system. Yeah, they have nerves that make the muscles work. Uh, Secretary of McDonough. Drop by, take one of my biology classes at night. We teach that. But since he doesn't have a clue that oral health is part of total health, that's why it's so easy to have him conned by the dentists in the VA who, who assure him, don't worry, dental care has nothing to do with PTSD, hmm. unless, of course, they're shot in the mouth. You see, that is the problem of having an untrained individual directing the operations of the largest health delivery and research organization in the world. Fake it till you make it. That's who's running the VA for us. And I want to add three letters that I've sent to the secretary of the VA refused to be answered. And I got return emails saying, we have your uh, complaint. No answer. No answer from an Army doctor who, who retired as a maxillofacial surgeon. Isn't that strange? Who I have done more research in oral health and P, PTSD than anyone in the VA. And I've said it before, it's not because I'm a genius. It's because the VA has published not a single paper on oral health, whole health in our soldiers. As a matter of fact... 
the VA refuses to even assess the problem through a survey, they have no idea of the extent of the oral health problems in the VA. Why? Well, before you investigate a problem, you have to define what the problem is. They refuse to provide a definition of oral health care. Call your VA if you're a veteran. Say, I want oral health care, but I don't want dental care. Then go ahead and send an email into America's Web Radio and, let, and, and, and tell me maybe I just asked at the wrong VA. I don't think so. See, what I'm sharing with you and what Dave and I are sharing with you are facts. We don't make stuff up. You can call me out at any time. Uh, if you think that I've made a mistake, I'd appreciate I'd known about it, but I'm not holding my breath waiting for that email because I've checked it. Oh, as a matter of fact, we have an Army Ranger who got out of the military, served honorably, uh, who is now uh, on the staff of a military news network. We should be hearing from him within a couple weeks. He has verified everything that I have said. And so that's going to be a lot of laughs when uh, that comes out. So, you know, Dave, we're moving the stuff as well as we can for two old men, uh, two old vets. So uh, I guess it's about time to wrap this up, Dave. We've got uh, just a few minutes to go. And, I, you know, I was thinking that uh, what if the VA answered oral health care by everybody, every veteran, has to have dentures, and they they have to they have to bring those dentures in once every two years to be checked. Now, the VA could get yours and my dentures mixed up, and the whole world of dentures mixed up. And when you came back to pick up your dentures because you haven't been able to eat for a month or two years or whatever. You still got the wrong set of dentures, but that you know there'd be a reason for it. We're understaffed in the in the denture department, and uh, we're we're sorry that we didn't get your right dentures. But uh, come back in a year and we'll fix them. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yep. Base, Dave. Basically, what they've said. They've got the American veterans to agree that only 15% of the veterans, I think that's eligible veterans, are going to get dental care. They make dental care seem simple, like, well, it's just a filling. You can get that at home from your local dentist. No, oral health is not the same, and it's not simple. And it's got devastating effects, nightmares, headaches. You see, what I'm talking about right now is the fact that the dentists have decided what's going to constitute adequate dental care for veterans. The physicians should decide that. The, why isn't the American Legion jumping on this? I made them aware of it. The VF, I made the VFW aware of it. They're not interested. So we're not out to just nail the VA. Anybody who is not interested in realizing that oral health care is a big part of some of the pain and nightmares. I mean, talk to some veterans with PTSD and look at their teeth. Oh, yeah. And, and they're grinding them to pieces. They're breaking. Not only that, veterans with PTSD have substance abuse problems. We discussed that. Right. Well, substance abuse problems also causes dental problems. Don, we're going to have to uh, wrap it up and... Uh want to invite anyone that's listening, be it live or be it in one of our podcasts, if you have a question or you want to uh, ask Dr. Don something, email us at gm at America's Web Radio, and we'll make sure that, or Don at Dr. Don at America's Web Radio dot com, and we will answer those questions, or Dr. Don will answer them, not me. Uh, in a coming show. And be sure and tell your fellow veterans that this show, this show means, business. means business. And it's for the veterans. So with that being said, we need to wrap it up. And uh, Don, thank you for another great show. And we will be back with you next week.
The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.